1: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Giants Training Camp 2022 is presented by Ford, the official SUV of the New York Giants. It's time
3: to get inside the Giants huddle, huddle, up, huddle, up, huddle up. on Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile app. Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast
2: network. Welcome back to the Giants Huddle Podcast. My name is John Schmelk. Thank you so much for being with us. Today, our guests, were are joined by Mike Sando, who covers the NFL for The Athletic. Don't forget, 2022 Giants Training Camp is presented by Ford, the official SUV of the New York Football Giants. Mike, a pleasure meeting you in person, man. How are you? It's great. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you've had a lot of interesting pieces come out, and we'll get to a lot of those. Let's start with the Giants, though, first. Yeah. As you've kind of looked at the league and at the Giants here yeah. throughout the the offseason, the preseason. What's your general impression of the new regime and kind of where the franchise is heading?
3: Well, definitely you have a
2: synced-up head coach and GM. These
3: two guys from Buffalo together, there's not any issues between the two. They're not on a different timeline. Sometimes you see that, where the GM's been there, and then we're sort of caught in no-man's land. The Giants know what that's like, and it, you can have good people, and it doesn't you know, it doesn't just tie up right. So I think that's a, that's a start there. You've got the head coach and GM on the same page. Interestingly, I think... Obviously, they have to figure out what they have in Daniel Jones, but the NFC is so different from the AFC. I was going Much through. Much different. I, I was talking, you know, depending on who you like or don't like, or look at some of these quarterbacks, Carson Wentz might be the sixth best quarterback in the NFC. Or, you know, if you like Daniel Jones more than Carson Wentz, maybe he's, he's in a totally different story in the AFC. So mm-hmm. I think you've got this interesting situation for the Giants where obviously there, there's a long term build here they didn't come in and just load up against the cap and oh we're gonna you know they didn't send that signal but there's a chance to be competitive right away too which I think is important for your culture people always talk about oh tank or get the pick no no no. I think you have to have a competitive culture and there's an opportunity this year just the state of the NFC East to maybe be better than you might otherwise be if you were in the AFC West so I think that balancing of the short term and the long term is is what the Giants are this year.
2: Yeah, and I think it's almost like an investigative season, right? You have Daniel on his last year. You have Saquon on his last year. Blake Martinez, which we negotiated to his last year. So you're going to find out about these guys that you think, all right, maybe these guys could be an important part of this team long term, or we can make then important decisions next season. So you're right to me. This is just the start, right? This This is the start of the bringing the old building down. Yep. And next season, that's when the rubble is cleared and that's yeah. when you can kind of start yep. building the building back up Yeah, but they
3: didn't blow it up right away. You know, they Correct. didn't blow everything out. It sometimes is systematic. People come in. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people come in and nothing that was there before is good enough and this or that. So I think they're taking a measured approach to it. You know, you, you you certainly from the outside don't see any, you know, red flag of, oh, you shouldn't be doing that or, you know. and And as the years go by, right, the expectations then come up. This just feels like a see what we have here like you said
2: yeah no question and well it starts with the quarterback right and you recently had your quarterback tears yeah. yeah. article um which obviously always gets a lot of fun feedback people sure. people love losing their minds from uh, anonymous <laughs> quotes but i love the piece it's always great it's, it's always a must read every year mike yeah. so what, what was the feedback you got about daniel jones when you talk to people around the league yeah, about i him?
3: think people have one foot out on him, right i mean they want to see they, they they've been hopeful and it, and it hasn't happened for whatever reason they're mindful of the fact that it hasn't been great around him uh a lot of the time personnel the, the coaching changes all of that. There's optimism with Dayball, but I think, you know, much as the Giants have signaled they didn't pick up the option, right? I think the voters weren't picking up the option on Daniel Jones. The, <laughs> the glass isn't half full anymore. Mm-hmm. The glass is probably half empty, doesn't mean it's empty, and I think he'll have his best shot because the offensive line is kind of quietly not bad. You know, really. I mean, Dayball may have a better offensive line or as good of an offensive line as he had in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that Josh Allen guy, who's one of six in tier one. Kind so of important. That's kind of yeah. important. But I think you at least have, there's something there. The coverage is not totally bare. So uh, can they, you know, are they likely to get to the end of the this year and go, wow, we have a tier one quarterback? No, that probably doesn't happen. But they don't, it doesn't have to be just absolutely awful either. And maybe you have the ability to uh, draft somebody or bring somebody in. And, and who knows, Daniel Jones could be a bridge or maybe he's out. Um, but I don't think people in the league, by the nature of this, what, seven people put him in Tier 3, which is kind of a legitimate starter who needs needs help from his defense and run game. You don't want to throw it too much. 36 in Tier 4, which is, you know, I'm not sure I'd want to go the whole season with him as a starter, and then seven of the 50 were like, I'm out. Tier 5, I don't think he's a starter. So, you know, it's the glasses, the, 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 the sand is going through the hourglass here, and people aren't overly excited, but that's just, the state of it, the Giants are feel similarly by their actions. Right? Well,
2: yeah. How much can he be benefited by not only the improvement of the offensive line, as you mentioned, maybe Saquon finally stays healthy for the first time in three years, but yeah. more importantly, the additions of Brian Dable and the additions of Mike Kafka, right? Coming yeah. from two forward-thinking offenses yep. Yep. that yep. can bring a lot to the table.
3: I do think that it's a great sort of test for D'Abel. Not that we're the book's going to come back after one year. It's not. But uh, that's somebody who... Has had some success, and I think he interestingly likes to throw the football. Uh, You know, I I think we're going to expect Buffalo to go back to more of a a little bit more running. I think Buffalo
2: had the highest pass rate on first down of any team in the league last year. So yeah, yeah.
3: that will be interesting because you do have the back. I think if you're a defense, you're probably looking at Saquon Barkley if you uh, if you're looking at anybody right to uh, to stop and make him one dimensional. But if you throw on those early downs, I do think you don't want to get too far. Uh, you know, into that, but I do think that can help a quarterback yeah. like Daniel Jones, who, let's face it, on third down, when they know you're going to pass, it gets a lot harder. So that will be an interesting part of the calculus, and I think they will uh, certainly pass the ball more on early downs than they have been.
2: How about Wing Martindale? He brings a a system that the rest of the NFL is kind of moving away from. Right? Yeah. We had the single high. Craze that goes back to Pete Carroll. I guess that's almost ten years ago, right? It goes by yeah. fast. And now people, everyone else is going to that two safeties deep zone, keep things in front of you. Yeah. Wink is not that guy. So how do you think he might impact the Giants? Yeah, defense?
3: well, that will be interesting because a lot of what they did in Baltimore too was uh, based on what they had. They've had tremendous talent there and an ability to to do that. So and the
2: front I, office went out of the way to pay for that talent too, trade for it, sign them, yeah, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So. I I think that he can be flexible. So we'll we'll see what they do. I don't think it'll be exactly Baltimore. I think he's uh I think he prides himself on being able to do it a lot of different ways. So I think it will look a little bit different. Um it is the first year. There is some decent talent. I mean the defense has Leonard Williams up front and, yeah. and some, some good players. So, you know, maybe the corner position is one they could stand to address, obviously. But uh I think what'll be interesting about Wink is the perception of you know, coming after you in Blitzen, and, you know, they've had Marcus Peters, and, you know, they've had uh, a couple really good corners Humphreys. There. Humphreys, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. No problem. Very physical, good, good corners. Jimmy so, Smith was
2: there for a long Jimmy time, Smith too, yeah. was there yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, But they've also played games where they just sat back, too. So uh, that would be interesting to me to see how much he plays the way he's always played, or maybe, you know what, we don't have that personnel exactly the same. Maybe it's going to take a year.
2: What's your impression, you know, because the, the results the last few years have not been good, but I do feel like there's been some important players added in important positions, right? Yeah. Andrew Thomas left tackle. Evan Neal drafted a right tackle this offseason. Yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau, big-time pass rusher, right? Yeah. Yep. We'll see what Kadarius Honey can do. What do you think about some of the young pieces that obviously have not reached what the Giants hope is their peak yet. Do you think they have the making of a pretty good foundation? Uh, I
3: think they do to the extent that I think Andrew Thomas is going to be really good. Well, he already is pretty good. Yeah, yeah no question. Uh, I think he's really good. So to add the best tackle in the draft, really, uh, from their standpoint, uh, this year, I think is excellent. I mean, that's just such a great foundation. If you look at a team like Cleveland, yeah, you know, Cleveland had Baker Mayfield, I think they liked him decently, but then they had a chance to pounce and it was controversial to get Deshaun Watson, but they've got the offensive line in place. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be a good team. They're going to be in the mix because of that. So I, I like that. I like that for the Giants, just kind of traditionally, right? Giant football. Let's have a good offensive line. Let's be able to, to, to balance it up when we need to with a coach who is forward thinking and we'll throw the ball. So I do like it to that extent. And I think there's just though it is still an eval year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see some of those pieces, but there's the other key pieces. We don't know if they're going to be here. Daniel Jones, Saquon, right? Long term.
2: There was so much discussion about Kayvon Thibodeau coming yeah. back. How much yeah. did you talk to people about him during the draft process? And what seems to be the overall impression of him coming into the NFL? Yeah, yeah,
3: I think it was positive, but I didn't feel like this year that everyone was unanimous, slam dunk, going to be uh, amazing on on the guys at the top of the draft.
0: There
2: was no Miles Garrett this year.
3: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there was no Miles Garrett, but I do know people in that process who really liked his pass rush ability and think, like I look at the Giants draft, I think they took two, I, I think they're not going to have a bust in one of the two. I agree. I think they're both going to be good players. And it was, frankly, it was a three-wood down the middle. It wasn't uh, John Daly huge swing because that wasn't available to them. There were no picks traded in the top 10. They didn't stockpile the number one for next year. They just did probably the right thing, the smart thing, the solid
2: thing. And for once, the guys dropped to him. No offensive lineman got picked ahead of him and made it easy on him.
3: Yes, no offensive lineman got picked ahead of him. But also, it wasn't a year where people were clamoring to get up uh, in there either. So I think they... They played it about as smart as they could have. I mean, I don't know what else I would have done if I were them.
2: Yeah, and I think Joe Shane would have been open to moving down if an oh, offer was there. Completely. There you know, weren't like you any said, offers. No quarterbacks, right?
3: There were no quarterbacks, yeah. and no one was giving up those picks. Like I said, no, none of the top ten traded on draft day, and I don't think their phone was blowing up at five. So um, it is what it is, but you make the best
2: of that situation, and I think
3: they got two players that made sense for them.
2: No, I, I totally agree. All right, fans, just as a reminder, giant season tickets for 2022 are on sale now. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. All right, Mike, let's talk about your most recent – one of your most recent pieces, yeah. your quarterback tiers. Yeah. Guys, go to TheAthletic.com. They always have great sales, like a dollar a month yeah. for the first six months. Go, go subscribe. It's really a, a fantastic website for any team you root for. The Giants, the league coverage, it's all great. What was the most surprising thing, or a couple of the most surprising yeah. things you heard from some of the evaluators about the yeah. quarterbacks that yeah. maybe disabused you of some prior thought before you started your uh, little uh, So,
3: you know, when you talk to 50 people, by the end, you're not really that surprised because, mm-hmm. you know, you have a pulse. And I talk to people throughout the year. So I wouldn't say anything overly shocking, although there was one Tier 2 vote for Patrick Mahomes. I don't really know how you do that. Really? Interesting. Yeah, one Tier 2 vote. Uh you know, and they had a little bit of ups and downs. And look, they may have some ups and downs going starting this year because their receiving core is different. There's a lot of newness in that wide receiver room. And so, look, Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. He's going to be—he's still going to be great. But it wouldn't surprise me if, out of the gates, it was a little bit like it was to start last season as they figure them, their, their, themselves out. I think Russell Wilson is really interesting, falling into tier two, because they're in a very tough division. They gave up a lot to get him expectations through the roof it's a pretty good roster though it's a pretty good roster but Vic Fangio walks out that door no it's true they had yep. an injury in, already in camp to Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick yep and oh by the way the other teams in that division are pretty good even the Ra- the Raiders beat beat the Chargers last year they got Josh McDaniels working with Derek Carr with with Devonte Adams with Waller mm-hmm. Adams Renfro um, obviously we know Justin Herbert's in that division and oh by the way Andy Reid, Kansas City. so Easily I, the best division of football. I think there's a, I think some team is going to finish fourth in that division that thinks they're a top-two team in the division. And if it's Denver, I think it's interesting because the new owner, the expectations, all of that, Russell Wilson was not happy in Seattle. You think if they if they have a disappointing year, Russell Wilson's going to be like, hey, that's on me. I need to do better. That wasn't really what was being said out of Seattle. So with those expectations, um, I think they're a very interesting team to watch because they could be a good team that finishes fourth in their division. Yeah. And Russell Wilson hasn't played as well the last year and a half. So I think he's, I think he's very interesting in this. Is he heading down? Is he going to rebound back up into Tier 1, which he easily could do? I think that, that was one of the big storylines this year.
2: We're joined by Mike Sando from The Athletic. Also, you can hear him on The Athletic uh, football show, their podcast as well. All right, so let's stick with the quarterback story here and talk about the NFC East. Yeah. Because, you know, you talk about the yeah. NFC West. I think you put any of those four teams in yeah. probably any NFC division except yeah. for the West. They might be favorites to win the division, right? Yes. Yeah. So this NFC East, it's traditionally wide open. I think it's 2005 was the last time the same team won the division two straight years. Andy a long and time. Make. It's a long time. Yeah. So it's always wide open. You have Dak Prescott in Dallas, and then you have Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. And, of course, Washington now doing the Carson Wentz experiment, the yeah. third team trying that. So how do you evaluate those quarterbacks in the division? What was the take from the scouts on them? And how do you see this yeah. NFC East thing playing out?
3: OK, so I thought Dak Prescott was ready to kind of ascend after four or five games last season and figured he would get healthier as the season went on coming off that bad injury. But it didn't happen. He had like that calf injury. It seemed to set him, yeah. him back. And I think their team is atrophied a little bit. Just a little bit. I don't I don't feel like they've loaded up this year. No, they uh,
2: lost to Maury Cooper, Randy yeah. Gregory, Lyle yeah. Collins, Connor Williams, a lot of guys. So if they were already a team that you thought
3: was gonna win nine or ten games, I mean, I think they're they could be right in that borderline where they're reassessing Mike McCarthy at the end of the year, right?
2: Well Sean Payton is out there, Mike.
3: Yeah, Sean Payton's <laughs> out there. So I think they are a, a volatile, volatile team that it could If it goes south for them or they hit some bumps in the road, I'm just not sure they're going to have the ability to hold that all together with so many cooks in the kitchen, right? They hired Dan Quinn. uh, uh, They've got Mike McCarthy. They've got Kellen Moore. uh, Jerry Jones talks to the media all the time during the season. It's just like Dak is, to me, is the most stable thing they have going. But it's really hard in an organization like that. You could be good; it's just hard to be consistently great. So I think that opens the door for like a Philadelphia. Even though we have lo- we have longer term questions about how far they can go with Jalen Hurts and that style of an offense where you're really running sure. the ball mm-hmm. heavily, they have a lot of fundamentals in place to be a good team. I think great roster. Yeah, they're great ready roster. to plug in. I think they're going to be sort of a stable team. Yeah. Uh, now they may not in the, in the playoffs. It may be a repeat, right, of what happened to them against Tampa Bay. But I think they're a. I think their floor is high. And I think that they will be a team that might be there in the end of the division. I don't really trust Carson Wentz uh, over the course of the season, that organization. I think he's a risk to get healthy to or to get injured, to do silly things. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they were bunched, if all those teams were 9-8, and eight, somewhere in there, and one of them won 10. Uh, but I don't love the long-term outlook for Wentz. Uh, I think we've just seen enough of almost – It's almost kind of a makeup issue, right? It's just kind of, I'm just not sure about that with him. So um, interesting division with those three teams.
2: I'm not going to ask him to make some kind of dopey Super Bowl prediction at all, because it's crazy. But what's maybe one team in each conference that either you think is going to be better than expected or maybe not be as good as expected based on what you've heard and and seen around the league?
3: Yeah, so I would say the Raiders intrigue me a little bit. I think that they're not perfect, but they've added some pass rush to their team uh, on defense. And they have a ton of weapons, and I think Josh McDaniels is a good play caller. So that's a team that's easy to forget in the division because of all the hype around Russell Wilson. Um, obviously, Mahomes is in the division. Uh, I think, I think Minnesota is potentially a little bit underrated. Um, I think, you know, they had Mike Zimmer there, and I think he. Uh, his time had run its course. I think he's hard on people. I think he was obviously hard on uh, Kirk Cousins.
2: Yeah, based on that story on the, what happened yeah. to on the sidelines, so rough. <laughs> so I think there's a chance to come in there
3: and everyone just take a everyone just take a uh, sigh of relief. Uh, like it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying they're going to go far, but like wouldn't surprise me if they were a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, this year in the first first year of his run. So those are a couple teams I think that stand out to me. Uh, I'm just looking through at the rest of them here. Uh, if there's anyone who might surprise, you know. You know who? Here's a team. I'm not saying playoffs, but remember what I said about the NFC? Mm -hmm. Carolina has been an absolute mess with the head coach, with the quarterback situation. They have some pieces on defense. Yes, they do. They have some weaponry. Baker Mayfield is not as as bad as when healthy. He's not as bad as sort of his offseason narrative has been. Agreed. And really, to be fair to Carson Wentz, probably a little bit too. I think Carson Wentz really got kicked in the gut by Indy and unfairly on his way out. Like he was portrayed as an absolute horrific addition to their team. And if you look at the stats and where their record was, he wasn't as bad as people think. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of backtracking on my Washington thing because I I don't buy him long term. Uh, but I think I think Baker Mayfield is at least an average quarterback. Sure. So. And they have a good defense, like you said. Look, and Giants fans are going, yeah, Ben McAdoo's there, and he's trying to get back in as the coordinator. So there's a, there's a lot of things in there. Like, Giants
2: have them week two, by the way, so yeah, Giants are going to see them early.
3: Carolina really is the Titanic that could go under. I mean, I, I would, I'm i not <laughs> saying to go run and bet on them, but yeah. but they're like if you're asking for surprise teams, like a team that we all in our mind think kind of sucks or is going to blow up or Matt Rule could be at, fired after week six, all those things, believe them if you want to believe them because part of me believes them too. But they upgraded kind of quietly, I think, a quarterback there, and they were decent on defense, so you know, are they a team that is around five hundred surprisingly maybe
2: and if Quanu can be a good left tackle early too help yeah. some of their offensive line yeah. issues. So will yeah, say in a division that's not amazing? No, yeah. ex- 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 except other for Tampa. Than, other than yeah, Tampa. No yeah. question. Yeah. All right, Giant fans, don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier house experience ex- watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2022. As a Giant suite partner, limited full-season locations are available or a place to deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit giants.com suites for more information. Finally, Mike, we had the Hall of Fame class yeah. get announced yeah. um, this summer, and you've done a great study on wide receivers. Yeah. And I think that position, along with some of the quarterbacks, too yeah. – you can't compare numbers now, error to error. It's impossible. No, it's you can't impossible. do
3: it. A yard's so, not a yard anymore.
2: No, a yard is not a yard, and a completion's not a completion, yeah. right? A completion to Terry Bradshaw was worth a lot more than the yeah. one-yard, you know, quick pass to a wide receiver today. Yep. Much different. I mean, look at Joe Namath's numbers, just to give you an example. They oh, look yeah. awful by today's standards. Different
3: Actually, game. Yeah, yeah, But you couldn't even run over the middle of the field without getting ear hold. You know, <laughs> yeah. now it's wide open for everybody.
2: No question. I mean, if you put a guy like Troy Aikman in today's game, can you imagine the numbers he would put up? I, mean, I always say this.
3: You can't name the five most feared hitters in the game today because there aren't five. Yeah. And you used to always be able to do that. Yeah, because they're not allowed. They're Every blind. team had a hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, now now you don't you do not do that. So it is different. It's hard to compare across areas, but I think I found a way to do it. So t- tell me about it. Okay, so... I am a Hall of Fame voter, and I'm always. I think we need better criteria. So, so many times the Hall of Fame class comes out, a guy makes it, a guy doesn't doesn't make it, and we don't really have a clear explanation why. It just almost seems like, huh, maybe it just wasn't his year. So, I'm always looking for a way to measure production, and for the wide receivers, what I did was I took the eight best seasons uh, of every receiver in the history of the league's uh, career, and I defined that by how close were you to leading the league in. Receiving yardage in a given year. So if you led the league, you get a value of a 1.0 the top percentile. If you were extremely close to leading it, you might be a 99.9 percentile, all the way down. And I did that for the eight best seasons of everybody. And I thought it made sense. And then when it came out, I was so happy because Jerry Rice and Don Hudson were at the top, 0.999. I'm not saying Don Hudson would step into today's NFL and be the same that he was, but he dominated, he led the league seven times. Rice and Hudson have to be at the top of your list of all time.
2: Because because if they're not, the criteria is not correct. The criteria is not correct. So when that
3: came up, I was like, huh, I think we're onto it. Randy Moss was third. And in the the top ten, Steve Largent, Marvin Harrison, James Lofton did very well. Mm -hmm. He bounced to a lot of teams, but really elite production. And then there were some guys that in the top 20 that I kind of was like, huh. Jimmy Smith, Henry Allard, some guys that you, Brandon Marshall bounced around a little bit, but with a dominant force. You look at his career, a bunch of 1,500-yard yard years. And I think, to be clear, this isn't the only criteria for Hall of Fame. You have to look at what a guy did in the playoffs, or you have to look, did they have to really game plan for him? But to just evaluate the production, this was a pretty cool list, and I've gotten great feedback on it. So to plug the athletic here, if you, if you, if you look for that on there, I was so thrilled. We were able to reproduce this glossy thing that I'm holding in front of you that is color-coded, and when you look at it, it makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. And you can kind of see where the drop-off is. Oh, this guy really only had five elite seasons, or not only, but this guy only had three. Why is Paul Warfield where he's at, right? Oh, Rod Smith. Oh, Chris Carter. Gary Clark. You mentioned
2: Gary Clark. He was was top 25, right? Yeah, yeah, Gary Clark
3: was 10, 20. One, two, three, four, twenty five. And I bet you
2: there are young listeners, honestly, Mike, that probably never heard of Gary Clark. But if you go to those Washington teams that won with, with, you know, the Mark Rippin Super Bowl, he was with Ricky Sanders and Art Monk. He was a monster.
3: You know, those teams, the 90, that 91 team's one of the greatest teams of all time. People don't even talk about it. But uh, but. I love doing this type of thing because it when it when it kind of makes sense and, and you can then contextualize and I've had fun going to these camps and handing that to coaches and, and GMS and others and they kind of stare at it they go oh, yeah,
0: oh. Yeah.
3: and we have conversations so
2: that always fun. makes you feel good whenever somebody in the sport is like yeah hey, you know that's that's, that's pretty, pretty good, good. yeah, yeah. Every,
3: every once in a while you you know you meet with these guys and they go oh, let me see that you know yeah uh, and it, it, you know you're kind of on the right track I spent a lot of time thinking it through you know I was like okay I think I think this is pretty
2: good so it's fun. Two more Hall of Fame questions real quick. What, yeah. do th- what do you think of this year's class?
3: Yeah, I feel like this year's class, they're all great classes, but this year's class didn't have the obvious three that, oh, this guy's a surefire Hall of Famer. I think a lot of people were didn't know that Bryant Young was going to make it or whatever, nothing against Bryant Young, because when I covered the Seahawks, I was a beat writer when our friend Jeff Feagles was on the team. All the offensive linemen back then, Steve Hutchinson, Walter Jones, both in the Hall of Fame, Robbie Tobeck was a Pro Bowl center. They used to always tell me, and you guys don't—you guys are sleeping on Bryant Young because everyone talked about Warren Sapp back then. Bryant mm-hmm. Young was a different type of a player, uh, so I thought it was pretty cool that that hey, the offensive lineman's defensive lineman, made it in. But I—I I think it wasn't a clash where there was a Peyton Manning or just somebody, you know, the the star studdedness of it was a little bit different.
2: Well, I believe there, there was no first time electee this year right everyone was on their at least their second or more year. yeah off the top right? of my
3: head yeah off the top of my head we had you know Tony Baselli finally yeah. broke through so um you know I think we've done a good job in general I think you know maybe we got to a point where the some of the backlogs were cleared up although right. I think a wide receiver uh three of the guys in the top 11 on my list for production Torrey Holt Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson. None of them made it to the final five. And I think what happened was they canceled each other out a little. Yeah. Like if you ever yeah. try to do one of these yeah. ballots. Oh, no, they're hard. <laughs> so you start with the 15 people and then we have to pick 10 and then we have to pick five. Well, you always leave off somebody. And then if you get to the receiver position, you might be like, I'm not going to put in three receivers at once. So you right. pick Tory Holt. I say I'm going to do Reggie Wayne and. Peter King says he's going to do Andre Johnson and then none of them make it. But we all think they all should make it. Right. So right you wait on. a couple of years and people get mad, but they'll get in. Those guys are all getting in.
2: How tough is it to balance the guys like the Terrell Davises that have yeah. they're dominant for a few years, but they don't have the longevity. Has that been a challenge for you guys?
3: Well, it is. I, I think those guys get in when we have when we've gotten through the backlog. I think sometimes there is a fifth slot that's easier to get into than others.
2: And there is going to be another backlog coming up, by the way, with all these recent retirements. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I welcome it.
3: I like mm-hmm. the days when and before I was on the committee, a year or two. I've done it ten or twelve years. I can remember like when Chris Carter missed, and I was, you know, I was just sitting there going, "What is this panel thinking? I mean, Chris <laughs> Carter like never dropped a pass for ten years." But then when you get in the room, you realize how it happens, and and in the end. When a guy misses one year, it's not that the Hall of Fame committee said he's not a Hall of Famer. It's just there are 3,000 unique combinations of five that can make it from the 15 mathematically. So, you know, it's going to be a combination that maybe none of the voters wanted those five exactly in the beginning. And that's what we got.
2: I don't want to put you on the spot final question, but I fear the day, and I think about two years when Eli Manning becomes eligible yeah. for the Hall of Fame yeah. because I'm going to have Giant fans calling up our call sure. and show every day going nuts. So give them a feel for what you think that conversation is going to be like. Okay. Someone who has great total numbers, yeah. great playoff performance, yeah. two Super Bowl victories, yeah. but things like efficiency in the regular season, yeah. uh, things like yeah. that maybe don't match up to some of the other guys in his era. So
3: here's what I think. I think... 15 years ago, Eli Manning skates into the Hall of Fame, and I still think now he'll get into the Hall of Fame. I do think he will get in, most likely. Um, But I think there's a greater awareness now of the production and the elite production statistically. To whereas I think before, if you were a quarterback, won a couple Super Bowls. Now Jim Plunkett didn't, didn't get in, but he didn't have an Eli type career where he played 15 years and didn't miss a game, and mm-hmm. and also the, the Manning name I think is a, is a factor in all of this. It's the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you get that? It's the Hall yeah. of Fame. So there's a reason that, a lot of
2: those guys on NFL Network have made the Hall of Fame the last day. Yeah, years.
3: but I do think that there will be a nuance, There is a nuanced conversation to have because there isn't an exact criteria, right? And I think you could make a case. You could make this case. Throughout Eli Manning's career, was he ever a top three quarterback in the league? And if you're putting in a Hall of Famer, you could make a case that Philip Rivers was. But Philip Rivers never had the Super Bowl success. Well, Philip Rivers right. always had bad defenses and terrible special teams, and he wasn't the Giants. They were firing Marty Schottenheimer at 14-2. Right. There's a reason Eli didn't want to go there. He was correct. If Eli Manning went there and Philip Rivers came here, I think the Giants. I think Eli. Mann, I think Philip Rivers might have a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think the and
2: question he, is how much credit do you give Eli for the big moments, right? That he I had. think you have to give him a lot of credit. Right. Mm-hmm. So do I, I think, agree?
3: I think if he doesn't have that, he's not in. He's not in the conversation. So how do we synthesize that? It's hard. But he did do it twice, and he was amazing. And he beat Tom like, Brady and Bill Belichick twice. He beat twice. Tom Brady. So that's where I think. I think because of that, there's like a fame component to this, and and you know there isn't a there isn't a Yes, no bar that you have to do these four things. I mean, everyone's little, everyone's career can be a little bit different. The easy ones are Peyton Manning, right, or yeah. Tom Brady. They have it all, um, but or you know Brett Favre even um, pl- played a, a, a long time and had you know three time MVP. There yeah. was a time when he Brett was Favre. Easy one. Yeah. There was a time when Brett Favre was the best quarterback in the league for three to five years. No question. I don't think there was free life.
2: Yeah, for, I think for the regular season, I think that's fair. Yeah,
3: but but just if I would have been doing quarterback tiers from 2004 to 2010, I think he would have had some tier one years. I totally agree with you. No question. He definitely would have had some tier one years. But I don't know that he would have been unanimous like like Rodgers and Mahomes. I think he would have been on that borderline a couple times. And, you know, we have to put all that together with the championship moments, with the length of career uh, and all of that. And that's why I, th- I think. Probably he, I think he will get in. I think there will be some discussion.
2: Fair enough. Mike, this was a real pleasure, man. Pleasure meeting you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Yeah. Mike Sando, uh, plug whatever you want to plug before we say goodbye. Well,
3: you can check me out on Twitter at SandoNFL and certainly go to The Athletic. Look up Mike Sando if you subscribe. I get a little bit of credit for that and nice. uh, be happy for you. Happy for me.
2: Mike Sando from The Athletic, we thank him for joining us in the Giants Soto podcast. I am John Schmelk. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you next time.